Hi everyone, and welcome to Aval Cafe. My name is Brian Hosler, founder of Strong Roots Consulting based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. I'm joined as always by my co-host. Hi everyone, I'm Carolyn Kamen, an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC, coming to you from unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations territory. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your favorite coffee shop if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone, expert or novice, long-time practitioner, or just starting in the field. Even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as I have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Eval Cafe podcast again, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us. We are recording this on Sunday, December 23rd. So we are two days past midwinter and about a week and a bit away from New Year's. And around this time last year, we recorded an episode where we looked back on 2017 and we talked about what we were excited about coming up in 2018. And it was really, it was one of my favorite episodes that we've done. And it seemed like, hey, it's that time of year again. Why don't we uh, go back to that and do another episode uh, where we are looking back and looking forward. Definitely. And it was uh, uh, one of my favorites as well, that episode. Um, and kind of interesting to go back to that. And I'm glad that we kind of went away from setting resolutions or setting specific goals. Instead, we kind of talked about what are some directions that we wanted to take in 2018. Uh, looking back now, it's like, okay, this I've managed to do this. I managed to do that. Some of the things maybe didn't quite get as much progress on, but Again, the way we set it up was more for directions, so more what are some kind of intentions we wanted to do out there, um, what are we looking forward to in the year, so uh, now it's really kind of a good time, um, yeah, just to to revisit that a little bit and also start to think ahead for, for 2019. Yeah, yeah, and I'm... I. I'm so there with you. Uh, really, really glad that we talked about it that way. In fact, even listening to that episode again, I was like, oh, yeah, at the time, that sort of seemed like um, a good idea. And it was a better idea than I even realized, because I think I talked in that episode about how 2017 had been so unpredictable and that things had happened that I could never have guessed would have happened. And if that was 2017, I mean, 2018 was 10 times that unpredictable. Um, so there's definitely things I could have never set goals about um, that happened in 2018, that it was just much nicer to sort of take it as a let's just let's just ride the year and see what happens. So um, I, I actually so I listened to that episode again and I, I made a list of some of the uh, directions and, and things, we the topics we talked about. And I just wanted to recap those for everyone. Sure. So one of the things we talked about at the top, we talked about, I think you did set one goal of getting your, uh, your CE. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that happened. That was one that, that, we also... That's probably better to have that as a direction instead of a goal. So <laughs> it's, it's a progress here and we'll be right? goal or direction for 2019 to, to finally finish that. So it's in progress. Yeah, this is why we moved away from the success failure model. Right, right. It, it... <laughs> um, we also talked about one of the other directions we set was uh, um, making things, being being more more tangible, more hands-on, not being so cerebral mm. uh, and stuck in, well, for me, stuck in my head. I, I won't speak <laughs> for both of us, but uh, trying to, to get more hands-on. Related to that was using arts-based methods, mm. uh, including being musical. I believe I challenged you to use your trombone in a stakeholder meeting. Uh, I think that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Um, so... That's a direction. That's a direction I'm not <laughs> sure direct I'm going to be following, but uh, maybe 2019 could be the year of the trombone. We we can, we can see how that goes. 
<laughs> we also talked about um, uh, reconciliation, mm -hmm. truth and reconciliation and decolonization and bringing that into our work. Uh, and in, as a related to that was also talking about um, ethical practice and, mm -hmm. and what it means to be ethical evaluators. Yeah. And I think that areas maybe we've had some more success in. Um, for me personally, I think I talked about on one of the um, podcasts this year, I can't remember which episode, but uh, Kim Vandervoort and Billy Joe Rogers had a great um, uh, two-day session in Saskatoon on decolonizing evaluation. Uh, so that was a really great presentation. And of course, we had uh, Kim Vandervoort on this very podcast or on the last episode, uh, episode 14. Um, so I think we've been having some more development and growth in that area. Um, but I think obviously there's still still a lot to, to develop there. We started including uh, treaty acknowledgments and uh, on this podcast as part of our introduction. Um, yeah, so I think we've, we've made some some strides there, but it's not something that can be kind of checked off and said, yep, we've accomplished that, we're done on that. Uh, but I think we've kind of got to start on, on considering some of that in our practice, both on this podcast and more generally as evaluators. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think that's been a really fruitful area for me this year, but I absolutely, it was never something that I will ever consider sort of ticking off mm -hmm. um, or like, oh, done that now. Right. Um, we also talked about using evaluation for um, community development. That was something that you had brought up. I'm interested to know how that's gone for you this year. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, this year it's been kind of setting some things in motion. Um, it's actually kind of looking at my list for 2019. There's some, there's two projects. Um, I can't really talk too much about them because they're kind of both in that uh, preliminary stages. One's paying and one's more contributing as a uh, on a pro bono basis to a larger kind of initiative. Uh, but both definitely in that kind of community level kind of work, trying to figure out how do we evaluate um, broader scale change initiatives. So um, stay tuned to this podcast and other places you'll find me because there will hopefully be some news on, on, that, on that front within the next, uh, if not a couple of weeks, couple of months, uh, for sure coming forward. Oh, neat. Oh, that's cool. Um, and the last two things I have on here were we talked about um, uh, tech tools for evaluators. I think that was your mm -hmm. uh, new blog that you you did launch you launched in yes. calgary mm -hmm. yeah and um yeah the eval on plus uh, blog and i did a, a night talk at the ces conference uh, which was well received um did another presentation as a lunch and learn for ces saskatchewan and yeah, i started the blog it's been a little bit quiet recently but uh planning to do some catch up on writing uh, over the next couple of weeks during the holiday time so uh, there'll be some more content on that shortly, including how do you actually create good packing uh, methodologies um, or how can you use tools to help with kind of keeping track of routine matters, specifically mm -hmm. packing for me because, you know, time of year, there's a lot of travel, but also how can you use that in an evaluation context? So, yep, it's it's kind of the directions are happening, <laughs> <laughs> whether I accomplish them, eh, they're, they're happening. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, blogging is one of those. I feel like it's my catchphrase now of like, oh, I'm writing a blog post on that. And then I never post them. <laughs> um, I have so many half-finished blog posts right now. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, create a, a, a support group for that. <laughs> the, the, the blogger procrastinator network or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we would all procrastinate in doing it, though. Let's let's record podcasts instead of blogging. There we go. <laughs> right. I feel like the podcast has in some ways become my outlet, my platform for blogging. Um, the, la the last thing I have on this list, uh, just to finish that off, is uh, evaluation conferences. And we actually have uh, an episode uh, in the works right now on that very topic. So maybe we can yes. leave that one for, for a future 
Mm-hmm. Just a just as a preview, a, a teaser for our audience. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So that was our. It was a great list. We were all over the place. We were, you know, touching on so many different things. And and yeah, some of these I feel like definitely uh, are are directions that I was following and and that were really took some interesting twists and turns as well. Um, so in terms of you know directions from that you want to continue from last year, we've already touched on this a little bit, but uh, you know what from that list really jumps out at you is like, oh yeah, I still want to keep going that way. Um, well, definitely, I think the the last couple ones you're saying around um, around uh, the the blog around kind of tech tools and all that. Um, want to get into regular habit on that one. Um, the co- conferences. Um, I mean, we had actually one thing from this past year was our. Uh, our thematic breakfast roundtable at the CES conference in Calgary, where we had uh, five attendees uh, join us um, for a really, really great conversation, I thought, um, that was recorded for this podcast. Uh, And then, yeah, the reconciliation work, I think, too. Like I said, that's something that's not ever one and done kind of work, but it's it's kind of coming up, especially in Saskatoon and Saskatchewan. It's a a real kind of... um, um, area that a lot of organizations, a lot of individuals are trying to think, yeah, what does reconciliation mean to me? What can I, how can I contribute to, um, to living in, in right relations with indigenous people in this country and Métis and Inuit? So that's definitely an area that's, uh, I'm mean, pushing forward on. And then, like I said earlier, uh, these two kind of community development projects, um, really interesting, really looking forward to kind of sinking my teeth into that area. And maybe we can get someone from that either from one of those two initiatives or more broadly, who's working at the intersection of evaluation and community development to join us here on the podcast uh, this year. That would be really neat to get kind of someone who's a community development folk first, an evaluator second, or maybe not even at all, and get their perspective on where do those two fields intersect. Oh, I think that would be really great. I would, I would love to be part of that episode. We should definitely do that. I know one person, I have one person in mind already, and I'll see if I can twist her arm uh, in the new year to, to join us for this. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to the the community development uh, side of things, it's something you brought it up last year, and I was interested and curious. I didn't have a strong leaning that way myself. I think I wasn't quite sure what that might look like in my work, but I feel like this year... Um, because one of the things that, that has been a bit of a challenge for me as an evaluator over the last few years is that I, I relocated. I was in Saskatoon. I had done, you know, that's where I had started my career as an evaluator was in Saskatoon. And I find that, that evaluation is, because it's such a, a network-driven, relationship-driven kind of uh, job, you really have to know people and you have to know your context you need to know, you know, who works on what, who funds what, uh, what the politics are, what the relationships are. And you just have to know people. And right. I moved to Vancouver after uh, five years in Saskatoon, um, and I knew nobody and nothing. And I knew, I knew, I knew coming out here that that was going to be the case. I, I was prepared, like, okay, you're going to have to start from scratch, but you may as well do that now rather than later. If if the West Coast is where you want to be, mm-hmm. uh, not that Saskatoon isn't lovely. I had a beautiful mm-hmm. time in the prairies. <laughs> I will always remember it fondly. Um, but I knew it was. I had to start at some point. But so when I came out here, you know, I didn't. I literally didn't know any other evaluators, even. 
I had to, I was Googling people <laughs> and asking people to join me for coffee. Um, and the, it was a wonderful, really welcoming um, community of, of professionals. But I also didn't know the organizations. I didn't know the 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 political context. Um, you know, so many things. I'm, I'm from Ontario originally. I, I really didn't know what it's like to be in, in BC. So the last, f I've been here for almost four years now. And it's only in the last couple of years that I've really started to feel like I am connected to the communities out here. So I think for me, the idea of community development was sort of like, ah, wh what community <laughs> would I be? I don't know the community. I'm not part of it. I'm still like building those relationships, but I'm finally now at a point where I feel like I am uh, more embedded in my communities here that I, I see where I can fit in and I know the people that I can can talk to and say, hey, what do you want to work on together? So I, I'm excited about exploring evaluation and community development and getting more comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great to hear. And uh, yeah, actually, I think uh, I follow a little bit of a similar trajectory because I've just been now six years in, in Saskatoon. I'm from Winnipeg originally, but lived in Ontario for 12 years. So yeah, in the first several years, it was a similar kind of a um, scenario for me in, in Saskatoon. I was in a brand new city. I didn't know anybody literally. Uh, aside from from my partner and um, yeah, just trying to learn. Okay, what's what's happening? Who's who's doing what kind of work? Um, yeah, so um, it's kind of same thing as you, just kind of uh, doing those coffee chats and everything. So, um, but in the last couple of years, it's to the point where I can kind of uh, take maybe a little bit more of a of a lead role or be a bit more um, involved in some of these really neat kind of or like know who the players are. Um, and be able to work with them and say what's happening in the city and where are some really promising directions that we can go on and how does evaluation contribute to that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that uh, this year. And it sounds like you're in a position to be kind of doing some of the same as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, looking back on those uh, those directions that we, we set, I think uh, one of the other ones that was really important for me at the beginning of the year was this um, – being more of a maker, less of a thinker and more of a maker. Um, and, and the idea of getting into more arts-based methods. Um, and uh, I, it's interesting because I know around this time last year, I was just starting to experiment with like, okay, what, you know, when I'm, when I'm working with people, what does it look like to get them to be um, writing it was i mean it was really it starts with really really simple things it was getting people to um you know write and draw and use colorful markers and use post-its and move things around and um i've been practicing that all year it's been you know every every time that i'm sitting down with stakeholders and when we're doing something that's a little more collaborative finding ways to have it not just be a conversation not just talking to each other but actually getting physical with it making things, drawing things, writing things down. Um, I feel much more comfortable in that space now. And it's much easier to come up with ideas of how to do that and, and come up with practical ideas and, of how to do that. Um, and even, even the, you know, we joked about you um, bringing your trombone to a stakeholder meeting. We, well, we had a whole podcast episode <laughs> about using music. I thought that was fun. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, I actually recently... Uh, I joined, uh, it's just a drop in choir. Like it's not like a, I didn't audition or anything like that. I just like, oh, wow, I really miss singing. I'm going to, I'm going to go to this drop in choir. Um, really, really fun. This is also part of me trying to get more connected with my community just as a, just as a person, not even as an evaluator. Um, 
and gosh, I loved it so much. Like the the music, the just coming together with a group of people and singing is such a fantastic um, experience. And at one of them, I was like, wow, like the the woman who leads this, like she seems like the way that she leads this, I feel like I'm being um, facilitated. Like I can totally see using this kind of approach in a facilitation context, bringing together, uh, bringing people together using song and, and music. Um, and then I looked the, her up after and it's like, oh yeah, she does song-based facilitation. Uh, so a woman named Vanessa Richards, who uh, works here in uh, Vancouver at a building called the uh, 312 main building that just opened in the downtown east side um so i'm you know we talked a little bit and i'm excited to talk with her more but it's like oh wow there's people doing this exact kind of thing that we had talked about or theorized or, or ideas we'd played around with and i'm like oh yeah this is this is so promising i want to do more of this yeah it's a it's a lot of fun and it'll be interesting to learn some more about yeah song-based facilitation i'm I can't really sing that well, though. That's the only downside. So I don't think I'll be doing that. And again, the trombone. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's very like some of the stuff that I'm exploring. It's not like, oh, I'm going to do it exactly. I'm not going to I'm not trying to like become a different person or do everything. Else. But it's more like it's I find it inspiring to be around to see the different approaches that people bring. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and yeah. Actually, when you're mentioning before about like the using the more art space as a as a tool for um uh, for just getting ideas and reflections and all that, uh, just reminded me that actually a friend of mine in Saskatoon uh, who's a facilitator herself, uh, she's host- hosting a thing at her house on New Year's Day. She's basically inviting people over the afternoon to stop by her place and in a space of silence, do some sort of creative activity, whether it's drawing, whether it's writing, whatever, to kind of... Um, capture and and put down their thoughts on or their hopes and their dreams for 2019 and then later in the evening there'll be kind of a bit more of a potluck dinner we break the silence and see other people's what they've come up with as a creative through this creative activity for what are their hopes and dreams for 2019 so that just sounds like a really awesome activity to me and i never even thought about that but it kind of is a little bit of a evaluative or at least a visioning activity like what are we trying to see what are we trying to accomplish how are we going to get there so um, yeah, that's just a that's a really neat approach. And until you're mentioning now about the art space piece again, it's like yeah. it made me realize, like, wait a minute, I could actually potentially use something like this for for some of the projects I'm involved with. So yeah, right. that might be yeah, something like that, found, Sorry, go ahead. I find like I'm just when I'm around people doing stuff like that, I'm like, oh yeah, like I get so many ideas. It's really interesting, and, and I think the point about creativity is really. Uh, really important. I know one of the biggest challenges of using arts-based methods is uh, working with people's inhibitions around um, expressing themselves and and tapping into their creativity or doing anything that seems artsy. Um, you know, people can feel really um, it, it's a vulnerable thing to do, and and it's something that you have to um, hold and make space for uh, when you're using those kinds of methods. But when you can help people uh connect with their with their creativity and help them you know find uh that as a as a safe thing to explore and 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 be adventuresome with i mean it's really it's really quite powerful it can really enliven people um and bring the conversations to new levels and i think that's what i find really exciting about blending creativity with evaluation and i think evaluation Mm -hmm. is often not seen as a creative exercise but i think it really is 
Great. So I think, yeah, we can continue that into, into 2019, uh, that kind of, that arts focus and yeah, who knows, maybe we'll get that, uh, get the trombone or maybe, maybe drums might be a little easier to bring into, into a meeting. So I've seen some, some drum circle facilitation ideas. So that, that might be a little bit easier to, easier pill to swallow. Yeah. I mean, drumming is amazing, especially when you really get that rhythm, that beat. It's drumming. Is, there's something uh, really essential uh, about the way we use rhythm in drumming. and uh, But you know, one thing I realized that we do, that when I talk about like being more of a, a maker, um, I think our podcast is part of that. Uh, I think a lot about this podcast that we do together. And it's also a vulnerable kind of thing. It's actually quite intimidating sometimes. I don't know if our listeners know this, to people over the last year I've known like people are actually listening to us like this is not just you and I talking and you know one of one person out there might listen like people are listening to this people are listening to this right now um it to talk about evaluation to just you know sometimes we're just spinning ideas and and we're being recorded for posterity and uh, who knows who might listen to it and who know? I mean, especially some of this stuff, we're like, we don't know what we're, you know, we're not experts at, you know, principles, folks evaluation, or we're just talking about, you know, what, how might we use music and evaluation, but um, mm. it's, you get captured at a moment in time and then it's very, very public. And that's, that's intimidating. Um, but it's also a really great reflective tool. And I think what doing this podcast has done for me is often we'll have an episode and we'll talk about things. And sometimes I'll say things or you'll say things. I'm like, I never would have thought of that if we hadn't just had this conversation and recorded it. And mm-hmm. I can listen to it like a year later and be like, oh, yeah. We were pretty smart Yeah, that's then. where yeah. I was at then. <laughs> well, sometimes I do listen to episodes and I'm just like, oh, wow, that was that was good. <laughs> good job. <laughs> I'd forgotten I said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the fact that we're, that we're making this. And it's such a kind of, I mean, we were talking about this, you, you know, before we started recording of um it's it's not i mean we're not that we're not professional no podcasters (laughs) we don't have any sort of sound engineering that's going into this we're just using mostly free technology and we bought some fancy microphones um but we didn't even need the fancy microphones i think we just liked having fancy microphones Um, we gotta geek out on the tech at some point (laughs) (laughs) but what a fun thing to make together yeah i've been i've really enjoyed um doing this and, you know, delving a little bit into the audio engineering, obviously a lot more to learn about that and maybe not quite getting into that, but uh, yeah. And of course, all the books, all the book recommendations. <laughs> I've got a stack. <laughs> I brought a couple on this trip, so maybe I'll actually read them. I'm I'm visiting family right now as we record this in, in Victoria, actually. So we actually get to record in the same time zone for the first time That's since, right. uh, I guess, the Calgary conference. So it makes it a lot easier. So but yeah, um, when you're talking about the art space and the creativity work um, right at the top of this episode, I was thinking like, isn't this podcast kind of, you know, that's kind of a, we're, we're making something. I know yeah. it's, we're at least getting out of in our individual heads and having a collective Eval Cafe head. I don't know. There's something <laughs> with that analogy that doesn't quite work. But, uh, yeah. So um, uh, maybe to to kind of um, bring our, fo- our focus a little bit more, I- I've already been talking a little bit about what we want to continue forward, but what what else is there for 2019? What are you kind of really excited about? What's what's coming up on our radar? Or what are we hoping for that um, that's going to be coming in, in the new year? Oh, good question. I've got a few things. Um, one of which is it's really scary for me. I'm actually I'm I'm uh, I'm 
now at a point where the way things have taken off for me over the last couple of years, I actually really have to focus on uh, not just doing doing evaluation, uh, being an evaluator, but I actually have to focus on um, growing it like a business mm-hmm. um, and and being a professional consultant and do, and and I'm I've been doing those things. I I figured out the whole GST thing and. Um, <laughs> I got some hints for that uh, if you need them. So <laughs> uh, it's been invaluable to have people who have sort of like are just like a f- you know a little bit ahead of me to be like oh yeah yeah when you get to this point make sure you file that and and keep this kind yeah. of thing and do that like it's oh man if anyone else is starting down this road definitely find your mentors not just for the evaluation work you definitely need that too but for the the business side of things because that's a whole other other thing but like I had to I actually revised half revised my website just a few days ago. I've been putting it, I, I noticed a few months ago, like, oh yeah, I haven't really updated this since the beginning of 2017. And people keep telling me that they've checked out my website and I'm like, oh no, please don't. It's so out of date. So I haven't, (laughs) I haven't changed the, I wanted to upgrade the visuals. I think when I put that website together, that was back in 2015. I would, I was new to Vancouver. I was trying to like I'd only just kind of decided to be a consultant. Before that, I was calling myself a consultant because it was better than saying I was unemployed. Um, <laughs> but this was the moment when I actually committed to like, oh, maybe I do want to do that. Um, and the website I put together was very, very polished and very, you know, trust me and 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 I know what I'm doing and um, kind of devoid of personality. I think I was afraid right. of having my personality out there. I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to alienate anyone. Um, and apparently now I'm happy to alienate some people. Um, I have a better sense of who I am. So I like, I have to bring my personality to this website. So the, the visuals are, have to get um, fancied up or, or changed to something a little more interesting. Um, but the content has now been updated because I just couldn't put it off any longer. Mm-hmm. No, that's great to hear. And uh, I think with business, um, if you're afraid to put yourself out there and or if you're afraid you're going to lose people because of, of who you are or how you appear on a website, then most likely the the type of people you wouldn't want to be working with you anyway. So exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I know for me, for sure, there's um, I've, I've been doing some reflecting on my own business development and growth and direction over the past couple of months. So uh, that might be a nice idea for an episode sometime in the new year, too, mm-hmm. in terms of. Uh, um, uh, business as independent evaluators or independent evaluation consultants. Uh, what does that look like, and and what are some directions we can take there? Yeah, ooh, I like that. See, that's the nice thing about doing these episodes is they often become like our unintentionally our our sort of preview for the next year's lineup of episodes. <laughs> right, <laughs> at least topics we might explore. Definitely, yeah. I thought you were going to say that that is like becomes our self help sessions. <laughs> that's the whole podcast are our self help sessions basically um and yeah related to the so you know committing to i have to figure out how to actually grow a business and make some decisions about um what kind of consultant i want to be and who i want to work with and the kinds of projects i want to pursue um which i've been making some decisions about um but it's also for me another big turn is uh i i've I'm no longer, I'm trying to no longer cling to this identity as, as an emerging evaluator and accept mm. the fact that I, I've, I emerged a little while ago. <laughs> you're all, you're all grown up. 
even even a couple of years, like I, I, you know, when I moved to Vancouver again, because uh, partly it was because I was new to this space. I again felt like I'd even stepped back a few years in terms of my development as a professional, um, and had to like rebuild that whole network. And I was I, I connected with a lot of other sort of emerging professionals, and I was at a, one of our meetups that we do here in Vancouver um, a couple months ago, and I was like. Yeah, so I'm probably not an emerging evaluator anymore, and I've been doing this for a while. Um, when we'd started these meetups, like or this, this, uh, these kinds of things, um, two years before that, when I was already at the, like the cusp. But one of the people who was there said, "Well, that's okay. You can be uh, an emerging evaluator emeritus." <laughs> I like <laughs> so it. I like that's it. it. That's what I'm embracing now. I'm I I am not really an emerging evaluator anymore, but I very much feel. Um, connected with uh what it's like to be coming into a profession uh early on so but it's now i have to like no now i have to be a (laughs) (laughs) grown-up well you can support the next uh, generation of emerging evaluators and you can be an emerging evaluator support support you're emerging in your role as someone who supports emerging evaluators yes i'm uh, people People ask me for mentoring now. I'm mentoring people. <laughs> That's really weird. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago when I had my first placement student from the Applied Social Psych program at UFS, and it was like, why Why are they trusting me with students? This is crazy. <laughs> what are they thinking? But uh, I think it turned out right. And uh, yeah, I mean, one of them, uh, actually, you'll be seeing, uh, this is a slight segue here, um, at CES 2019 in Halifax, uh, Evan Ponsley, who is um, uh, one of the evaluation, or he's uh, doing the evaluation fellowship. Uh, I can't remember what the exact the organization's name is. It's uh, oh, and I know it, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Kind of an arm's length from the Nova Scotia government um, or yes. the health unit. I can't remember exactly. Yes, we'll put it in the show notes. The accurate thing. Sorry, guys, we love you. We just don't remember <laughs> your name off the top of our head. Well, I remember. I remember the name of this of my students. So that's important. But yes. uh, um, so get a chance to see him at that conference in, in Halifax. And so is. I remember, yeah, this this pastor when he got that position, I was like, oh, like he's, my students are growing up and they're going on and doing great things, and <laughs> <laughs> I probably had nothing to do with it, but I'll, I'll take it anyway. So. Do some contribution analysis. I'm Contribu- sure. That- <laughs> yes, <we should. laughs> uh, um, you know, actually, someone I uh, have been supporting as a mentor. Uh, just the other day, we were talking, and and he suggested that we should do an episode about um, uh, mentoring about uh, working with emerging evaluators. And I think we had a, we have some topics lined up as well, like around the emerging evaluator mm-hmm. uh, theme. So that might be really cool. And I think what would be great is to actually get some emerging evaluators on the podcast as guests. That would be awesome, yeah. For their perspective. What kinds of new directions uh, are you interested in for 2019? Uh, I think kind of covered most of it, honestly, just in bits and pieces. Um that uh, kind of that community level work I was talking about, finally finishing the CE status application. Got to decide whether I want to do it still under the old or the new criteria. I think if I do it in the next few weeks, it'll be under the old criteria, the old uh, CE comp- CES competencies. If I wait about a month, it'll be under the new competencies, which are streamlined. But then do, wanna, do I want to keep pushing it off? I'll have to decide. Um, yeah, CES 2019, I've got a couple of proposals in for that in Halifax. So looking forward to seeing whether they're accepted and moving forward. Um, yeah, what else? Um, the business direction and otherwise, uh, yeah, this podcast, we got a couple of, uh, don't want to give anything too much away, but we've got a couple of great uh, guest speakers lined up for the next uh, few episodes. So, yeah. So 
Yeah. And uh, I think in terms of what I'm looking for, actually, you mentioned, so you mentioned the CE, I should say one of my other directions um, this year has put me, I feel like in kind of an interesting place. Um, I've actually decided to not get my CE. Mm. And I, I'm a little nervous even about saying that because I feel like it might be kind of a controversial thing to say. I've been reflecting on it a lot this year. Um, and I just, I've I've been kind of ambivalent about it in the first place. Like there wasn't, I wasn't ever like hugely excited about the idea. It mostly kind of felt like, oh, I guess I probably should. Um, But some of the conversations that I've been involved with this year, uh, as well as doing a lot of the reflection on, um, you know, with my practice and the kind of evaluator I want to be. um, And particularly one of the things I'm doing right, one of the directions I'm following a lot right now is trying to move very consciously away from, uh, uh, evaluator as expert and really rethinking for me what it means to be an evaluator and how I show up. And I've been telling people like I'm in, in the midst of like this professional identity crisis, <laughs> um, which is that's 100% true. Um, and one of the things I realized when I was reflecting on like how does a CE fit in with the kind of evaluation I want to do and the kind of evaluator I want to be is I didn't see a meaningful uh, connection there. And I also kind of felt, so the CE is supposed to be a voluntary credential, right? but I've been feeling kind of pressured to get it. Like it hasn't felt (laughs) terrifically voluntary and that makes me uncomfortable. Um, And, and yeah, and maybe this is something for a future. As I said, I actually feel a little nervous even talking about this because that's, that's the thing is I feel nervous saying this because I feel like coming out and saying, actually, I think I don't want to get my CE. I feel like I might get a reaction of like, but you should, why not? Um, And I know like there's lots of people working on this and, and, and there's lots of, of good intentions behind it. It's just one of those, like, it just doesn't, I don't see how it fits with my professional practice values that I'm that I'm setting for myself right now and I think as a voluntary credential it should be something that I can say that doesn't work for like I don't that's not part of what I'm looking for and that should be a decision that can be that should be able to coexist mm-hmm. uh with with the with the other decisions like this me making this this decision is not supposed to be a judgment on anyone else it's just right about me um so I don't know maybe that's a that's a conversation we can maybe have in a future episode at some point but uh No definitely yeah it sounds fascinating and you raised some really good points there I think too and I mean the whole point if you're already feeling nervous about saying that does indicate that there is uh maybe something happening or just at least a a perception about um yeah how voluntary is this or or what's the meaning of it um or what's the importance of it so yeah I think definitely we should uh continue this conversation or like you said just kind of a go through our professional identity crises uh, together and again, have that self-help through, uh, through podcasting. <laughs> self-help. I like this. I like that our podcast does self-help and yeah. Um, <laughs> so, podcasting is therapy <laughs> session. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think what else am I looking forward to about 20, 2019? Um, uh, I'm really excited about, um, I've, I think I said, I think I said this on the, our, our last episode with Kim I, that I'm excited about, uh, Korea, which by the way, I'm, I am not saying Korea. I'm saying Korea, <laughs> C-R-E-A. It's uh, the Center for Culturally Responsive Evaluation and Assessment. I realize everyone thinks I'm talking about Korea when I say that. Korea is great, but I'm talking about mm-hmm. Korea. Um, sorry, which is, uh, they, they're having their, I think, fifth or sixth annual conference in Chicago. They do it every year. 
Um, and so I'm really excited. I'm going to attend that one this year. I'm really excited about that. I'm continuing to work on my, uh, certification through a, a, a program at Simon Fraser university evaluation for social change and transformational learning. That's the, that's, uh, Kim and, and Billy Joe's course, uh, or program, I guess certificate. And then there are courses within the certificate. I, I don't have the language for that right. And so that's, I think that's for me, that's also me pursuing, continuing to pursue that direction around reconciliation and decolonization and uh, embracing my, oh, you know what, that was someone else this year, um, they contacted me through a, a, a mentoring platform and I asked them like, oh, so what was it about my, my profile that made you think that person, that person <laughs> would be? I'm very curious to understand how other people see me because I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but one of the things he said is, oh, well, you seemed like a social justice warrior. Mm. And I probably never heard that term used for me outside of like, I don't know, like more of a casual internet context. Like, um, but I, it, it took me aback for a moment. And then I was like, I'm really actually proud that that's how I come across. Um, and embracing myself as, yes, I can be a social justice warrior evaluator. Right. Um, <laughs> And I think that's also part of me trying to learn more about culturally responsive evaluation and equitable evaluation and continuing to understand how reconciliation and decolonization shows up in my work. So that's definitely a direction I'm continuing as well. Yeah. And I think after this episode, we've got like a full year's worth of topics to <laughs> and potential uh, podcast guests and everything to, to talk about here. So yeah, this is great. We really do. Um, yeah, I think we yeah. have no excuse for not getting out at least one episode <laughs> a month. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll let's, let's, we'll, we'll set that as a direction. Okay, <laughs> not as a direction. I think there's been three uh, attempted recording sessions in the past month where I think either between illness or just schedules not lining up, we've had to had to put a put a freeze on it for a little bit. So, but yeah, I'm I'm glad just generally this that we've been able to keep the the podcast rolling. I'll buy it. You know, a little. A little um, irregularly, but we we've kept it up. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward we're to still here. Yeah, we're still here, and I'm looking forward to to continuing that in 2019. So um, maybe just as a final kind of wrap up. Um, yeah, like you said earlier at the top of the episode, today's uh, December 23rd as we're recording this. Um, it's kind of the, that that quiet time between like that solstice and, and New Year's. Uh, Christmas is coming up for those celebrating it. Uh, what's a what are some favorite things you like to do over the holidays this this time of year period? Oh well, one is to drink a lot of dark and stormies. Mm. <laughs> this is the time of rum. Stay warm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually I tried to start. I am starting a new tradition this year, um, which is one of the things I really miss about Saskatoon is that my I have some friends in Saskatoon who celebrate Yule every year. And so I used to go to their Yule parties and it was just a lovely, we all brought food and it was sort of non slash multi denomination, various belief systems and non belief systems and just a wonderful gathering of friends and uh, losing that moving away and losing that was really sad. Um, so this year, actually, I have a friend in Vancouver, and we're trying to start just a solstice tradition where we get together on solstice and celebrate that. So other than that, I mostly work through the holidays because I'm terrible and don't have work-life balance. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would lie, be lying if I said I didn't bring anything to, to wor be working on potentially or to be thinking about. <laughs> so, But yeah, no, that sounds great. And uh, for me, like I said earlier, uh, I'm visiting family right now. Uh, my parents are here in Victoria, BC, uh, where 
I guess this is normally winter, but there's a lot of green grass and a lot of even plant life still active. Um, but we just, yeah, welcome uh, to the West coast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we just decorated, uh, my brother's in town as well. And so, uh, we just de- decorated the Christmas tree this morning. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Like we're a, a pretty small family. Um, all my extended relatives are pretty much, uh, over in Europe. So, um, it's just kind of nice having that, that time with, uh, immediate family. And then, uh, New Year's, um, I've always just enjoyed, um, it's kind of a low key uh, hangout with friends. Got a got some plans for that. Um, no, no big dressing up and shindig or dancing the night away. Just you know, get a hang excuse to hang out with friends, close good friends, and uh, maybe at some point we we'll recognize like, oh hey, it's actually New Year's now. All right, <laughs> go back to talking or <laughs> playing video games or whatever whatever we've been doing. So yeah, so I think that kind of um, wraps it, wraps it up. So uh, yeah, I'd say uh, bring on twenty nineteen. Bring it on. That's it for this episode of Eval Cafe. Thank you to all our listeners. Please check out the rest of our episodes on Pinecast, iTunes, or Google Play, or by going through our website, evalcafe.wordpress.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at evalcafe. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for poppers and prosecco or intro theme, and dispersion relation or outro as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro. All right, I think we can probably stop there unless there's any other inane, <laughs> any, other, anything else inane we want to say for the blooper reel. But uh... No, I think we covered quite a bit. I, I, I do like these episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think this one we got a chance to be, maybe it's just the holiday time, but a bit more relaxed slash goofy slash... But we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Someone spiked her coffee at the Val Cafe this time. <laughs>